This episode is brought to you by One Snowmass Residence Club, located in the heart of the new Snowmass Base Village. This limited collection of ski and scout residences lets you choose any ownership plan that fits your family's lifestyle. With two, three, and four bedroom options available, you can select the size that makes sense for you and how much time you want to spend in Snowmass. Customize the perfect ownership with guaranteed use at specific times of the year, plus unlimited use of three additional types of long or short-term reservations. And the revolutionary exit strategy allows you and the other owners in your shared residence to voluntarily sell the unit as whole ownership and distribute the proceeds proportionally. An online reservations portal, housekeeping, and concierge services plus resort-style amenities means smarter mountain living. To learn more, visit onesnowmassresidenceclub.com. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Christian Knapp. This is Selling the Mountains, a show about the booming mountain town real estate economy and unique personalities fueling it. Each episode is an insider's perspective on market trends, lifestyle, success stories, and the ups and downs of homeownership in the mountains. Christian Knapp is the former chief marketing officer of Aspen Skiing Company and a lifelong mountain town enthusiast. He is an accomplished marketing and sales leader who has worked for the top resorts in North America including Aspen, Vail, Breckenridge, and Keystone. Currently, Christian is an independent consultant and principal at Moment of Truth, a boutique marketing firm specializing in brand development, strategic planning, and digital execution. All opinions expressed by Christian and podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of the companies or clients they represent. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for real estate investment decisions. My guests today are Leah and Walker Moriarty. With over 35 years of experience representing buyers and sellers in the Roaring Fork Valley, Leah loves sharing her community with clients and has been voted the number one broker and served as president of the Aspen Board of Realtors. Walker was born and raised in Aspen and left to attend Dickinson College back east. After graduating, he moved to New York City and worked at a privately backed software company with a global footprint. With an innate desire to go back to the mountains, Walker recently made the move home and partnered with his mom to create Team Moriarty. Together, they're separating themselves from the pack with a unique perspective of this valley through multiple lenses. In our conversation, we discussed the trust and ground rules necessary to forge a successful broker partnership, perhaps even more so when it's family. We also talked about revamping and modernizing the Team Moriarty brand, utilizing lessons from Walker's digital marketing and sales experience in New York City. Lastly, we covered the importance of giving back, showing up, volunteering, and supporting the local economy. But most importantly, the notion of a successful realtor ultimately becoming part of their clients' lives. I hope you enjoy this great conversation with Leah and Walker. This episode of Selling the Mountains is brought to you by Basalt River Park, a new riverfront neighborhood in historic downtown Basalt, Colorado. After an extraordinary community-wide planning effort, Basalt River Park is pleased to offer five brand new Water's Edge residences, impeccably designed by CCY Architects. The homes overlook the Roaring Fork River and have easy walkability to downtown Basalt. This is a community-minded development that includes the farm-to-table restaurant, free-range kitchen, riverfront office and retail spaces, and a new town park. To stay in the know, call 970-927-8080 or visit basaltriverpark.com. You know, I, I think the funny thing about growing Aspen is 
there's typically a misconception about it, right? You know, you've got this whole idea of Aspen being incredibly wealthy, privileged, which we are in a lot of ways, but, you know, myself and my family and all of our friends came from working families. And so really the ability to kind of see firsthand how hard my parents worked, see how hard my parents' friends worked. So Walker, like a lot of kids here, uh, you grew up here, attended high school and uh, looked afield and, and went back east to go to college and ultimately found your way to New York City uh, for quite a while and worked there. And tell me a little bit about making the transition from growing up in a small rural mountain town, albeit a sophisticated one, to moving to New York City. You know, I was pretty fortunate because my parents always encouraged me to get out of the valley. Uh, I didn't realize really what the purpose and the the value of what that meant at the time. But yeah, found myself in New York after college and really always had this kind of dreamlike vision of New York. Uh, and to be truthful, it kicked my ass for the first two years. Um, you know, I, I came from a really small village of 1,400 people, a small high school, kind of big fish, small sea type of attitude to a place where... It, you know, there it is kind of the eater be eaten uh, mentality, but it, it taught me a whole different type of work ethic. It taught me a whole different type of lifestyle. It gave me appreciation for all sorts of people and cultures and, uh, uh, you know, differences in the world. Um, you know, so I, I was working hard and I was there for seven or eight years. I, you know, go in the house at seven, leave at seven, but met, met some of the most fascinating people in the world and, and absolutely love the city and still consider it the best. But I think more than anything, it really honestly gave me appreciation for this valley. I will always love New York, but more than anything, it kind of opened my eyes to how much I want to come back and, and be around my family, be around this community, be around in the mountains and, and ultimately figure out what I can give back because, you know, it has given me so much in my life. You know, the show is definitely targeted towards mountain brokers and mountain people. You know, if they're if they're contemplating, if they're young, if they're contemplating moving to a city like New York for a while, what is the thing that's going to be? the biggest change coming from a mountain town? I mean, I think, you know, the black and white answer you could say is just the community aspect of it. I think once you get to a city and once you get in a rhythm, you kind of find and create your own community. Um, I think the piece that I really appreciated in the city is, is just how much people hustle uh, from the bodega guy to the taxi driver, to the mailman, to the hedge fund manager, to, you know, software salespeople. It, it, everybody's out there kind of grinding on a daily basis. Um, and not to say that, that people don't kind of work their tails off here, but it's, it's not as career oriented Whereas people in the mountains are, are living to be in the mountains, which I think there's so much to be said for that. So I, I think that is the biggest difference I saw kind of city versus mountain type of mentality. Always in the back of your mind, did you plan on him coming back and going to work with you? Or is that something that just sort of happened? Yeah, I kind of did, actually. Nobody's ever really asked that question. But I always had a secret little idea that because it was such a great opportunity for me as a young person, and it's such a fun industry, that he would be great at it. But he had to do his process and come to it on his own terms. I had to be patient. Well, let's dig into that a little bit because the team dynamic has become quite a phenomenon in, in brokers and realtors. You know, a lot of husband and wives are teaming up and partners, young and old, um, you know, friends, longtime colleagues, um, people finding mentors. How do you find a trustworthy partner? I mean, it's a little different. It's different for you since you're, it's family. 
Um, but if it wasn't family, if it wasn't your son Walker, how would you how would you look at uh, finding the right partner to to balance your strengths? Honestly, that is that's the whole that's the key. You have to absolutely trust each other on a day in and day out basis. You can't question somebody about how they're spending their time, and you got to have ground rules and really trust that it's all going to work out in the wash. Um, and for me, I, I've, I've been an independent, you know, my whole career. And so now at this stage, it's just really, really lovely to have him as a partner. We trust each other fully. He knows I only want the highest and best for him and vice versa. I mean, it's blood, right? So um, it's just, it's pretty special. So are you at a point now where you feel comfortable entirely handing a client over to Walker or is it still something that you guys work together on on a pre-existing client? Oh no, absolutely. He can run with it. He's more than capable. And you know, and I chime in when I'm needed and um, wanted and we're just really having fun with it. Did you guys sit down and establish ground rules as you undertook this partnership? Absolutely. Yeah. We've had, we've had some really incredible mentors in our lives over the years. And we've spent quality time with highly regarded coaches and people that have been in the business and understand the pitfalls and, you know, the idea of just really keeping it sacred because there is nothing worse than having something like this blow up. And that's just not, there's not one deal or one anything more valuable than my relationship with my son. And I, I think he'd say the same thing about me. So yeah, we really honor those ground rules. What is one thing that Walker has brought to the table for your team to that surprised you in that it uh, yielded a result or um, really got you noticed that you didn't think would have worked? Hmm. He hasn't surprised me with his ability to read people and to pace clients. He's really, cause he's been in sales. So that's, that's been really lovely. The piece that probably has surprised me the, the most is his creativity with regard to writing and does not hesitate to ask the hard questions. And I love that. I think it takes a lot of guts to do that. And, you know, traveling the world and working in that big corporate world where it's kind of dog eat dog. He learned a ton all those years, six, seven years. So it's really helped him hone his skill pretty quickly. So Walker, I want to talk a little bit about, let's talk a little bit about your, you know, experience working in, in digital marketing in New York City and how are you applying that to bring your marketing um, up a level here in the Aspen Snowmass area? I was fortunate enough to, you know, work for a company where I was reporting to a board on a quarterly basis and had revenue targets and uh, was responsible for growing that team to to a, a pretty significant amount of the company's revenue. Um, and, and the reason I mentioned that is that, you know, it wasn't just sales, but it was the creative piece of it, the partnership piece of it, the accounting, the, the forecasting, the, the paid media. And so really bringing all of that to 
our business um, has been something that we've been working on for the past six months and really coming coming at the coming at it holistically versus just focusing on you know getting buyers or sellers from from one area. So in that in that context, what what did you see or what do you think that needed to be changed in how you guys were approaching it in the past and and how you're going to pivot and focus on in the future? Well, my mom has built, she's built an incredible business, right? And I think anyone who can do this for 35 years and provide uh, an incredible living and uh, there's something to be said for that. What I mean by kind of peeling back the onion is, is just bringing things to the table in terms of uh, starting to get kind of like market animation in place, right? Starting to get uh, paid media in place, start to focus on, you know, search engine optimization, uh, making sure that uh, you know Sotheby's and Team Moriarty is is coming to the top of the list, um, and so that's that's what we've really been focusing on. And I think at the end of the day, it, it hopefully just is beneficial to our clients, right? Because when we walk into a listing presentation, um, it's no longer a pitch of how we can uh, you know give you advertisements in Aspen Daily News or Aspen Times, which is great, but it's also a conversation of your own domain, your own, uh, you know, your own email marketing program, your own social program, things like that. Um, and even for buyers, making sure that they're getting updates on a daily basis about new listings that are, that are coming to market. So just making sure that we're top of mind and that they're getting all the information they need. Because I think at the end of the day, it's it's no longer just a transaction. I think we're now becoming somewhat consultants, right? Where we have to be knowledgeable about the entire industry. Absolutely. And Walker, just, you know, because you're new to being a broker here in the Valley, and this is sort of a new, new career for you, a new pivot, you know, what do you wish you'd known before you got into the industry that you know now? I mean, I think, you know, to, to Craig Morris's credit, I think he really harped on me to just learn the product first and foremost, to really familiarize yourself with the different neighborhoods, um, you know, the different zoning restrictions, the different types of uh, FAR that people can have. So I think a huge focus, you know, the, it's funny because the, the, you go through the real estate exam and it's of course nothing to do with the product itself. But, but like I just said, at the end of the day, like making sure that I'm also reaching out to brokers and, and introducing myself and taking people to coffee or beer, not just in Aspen, but in other markets too, because I think they're, you could look at a lot of transactions in this Valley that are influenced because of outside referrals, right? Uh, brokers from other markets, brokers from other mountain towns. So how important and how huge that is and, and uh, how much we need to rely on that network. So Leah, you've been at this for a long time. How do you approach uh, continuous learning and, and continuing to hone your craft? You know, Christian, I I was I basically was raised with the 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 thought process that you give back, and so being a part of the Aspen Board of Realtors has really been the core piece of how I learned the industry. I put myself in a position to participate and show up and volunteer and give back at a local level, a state level. The Aspen Board of Realtors is known. I mean, we when we show up on a national level, they know who we are because our leadership is so strong and so committed to protecting private property rights, to giving back, to helping other mountain towns. And um, I'm really proud of that 
I mean, we have a really strong culture of helping each other, helping colleagues, helping our community and um, the classes and the leadership and the opportunity to learn from the masters in the business are all teed up from the Aspen Board of Realtors. And so we're pretty lucky. This episode is brought to you by Aspen Snowmass Sotheby's International Realty, the premier brokerage in Aspen and the Roaring Fork Valley. As the largest local real estate brokerage, we are a powerhouse firm with international reach and over 180 hand-picked brokers who are local experts, deeply vested in our community and our clients. We continue to set the bar in market knowledge, sales volume, and satisfied clients, and have helped our clients buy and sell more homes than any other real estate company in Aspen and the Roaring Fork Valley for more than 20 years. Our year-to-date sales are greater than the next four companies combined. For us, it's not just business, it's personal, because we're convinced there's no better place to live than right here, right now. Learn more by visiting us at www.aspensnowmasssir.com. At this point now, you've been at this for a long time and you've brought on your son Walker to kind of create a new perspective and revamp your brand, if you will. And, you know, I just would like to understand what, you know, why now, what's that process like, and what's gonna be different in how you guys go forward versus how you've been doing it for the majority of your career? I just think that it's a lot of the heavy lifting he can do now. I can really be on the creative back end really connecting with people who I love and adore and have been in our lives forever and spending time with people who, you know, honestly, they come here because they want to know how to get to the trailhead. They want to know how to do the picnic on Fanny Hill. They want to know how to get to the rehearsals at the music tent, right? How do you get the tickets, et cetera. So spending, really spending time with those people in our lives who, um, you know, have bought a home here and, and want to hang out with us. So having Walker really frees me up from the day-to-day tasks. So what you say he's, he's doing a lot of the heavy lifting now for you. What is, what does that entail in his day-to-day versus your day-to-day? Oh, for instance, you know, if a, if a house is surveyed and we need to know where the corners are or the, building envelope, you know, he can get out there and hike that, right? Hike that lot, hike that land. He knows how to show property two and three times a day, tee up all the showings, connect with people, help people make decisions. I can type contracts, you know, with my eyes closed, obviously. We have an incredible support system of how to get things done for our sellers and buyers from contracting to cleaning to how to get married on the mountain. We did that this winter too. So we're not just realtors, but we become part of people's lives. 
So you helped somebody get married on the mountain this past winter. What did that involve? Oh, we just we just found the spot where they did their their nuptials. We organized the whole house for the photographer and the video guys and made sure, you know, it was it was pandemic, right? So we had five or six couples that came in from all over the country to celebrate this incredible couple. And, um, you know, it's the middle of the winter, right? How do you get balloons and how do you get flowers and how do you just make it special for people who are new in, basically new in town, right? So these were clients of yours that you went above and beyond and helped them plan their wedding? Yeah, that's what we do. That's what we do. What makes it work? You know, honestly, every day, it's how do I get my kids into summer camp? How do I find a private chef? How do I, you know, how to, and honestly, the, a lot of the fun part is sharing with buyers and sellers things like how to take your used things to the thrift store, because it all goes back into the education system, right? We don't throw things out, furniture and and they love that, you know? So that's part of how the, our valley works, right? So that's the, the piece about buying locally and supporting local vendors and contractors from attorneys to flower people to get, you know, that I'm really committed to that. That's, you know, there are shop owners, there are, you know, we don't need to pull something in from a different state, right? We have such incredible talent in this valley. No, that I love that sentiment. It really brings forth your personal brand, right? You, the process doesn't end with a sale. Right. And you are helping people become part of our community, which is a huge, right? As somebody is in potentially a newcomer, maybe they're a part-time resident, or maybe they're even a full-time resident, um, especially now, you know, and helping them um, become members of our community is something that takes time and energy. And, you know, I'm curious how you find time in your day to answer all these questions and work with all these various clients that have become part of your family over the years. Well, it doesn't happen all at once, right? But if somebody is in Houston and they can't figure out where all their sprinkler heads are, right? Then you go up there and you FaceTime. Okay, here are our sprinkler heads. We got, we can do this, we can do that. Call this landscape guy, you know. So you just, it's just, you do it as you go, right? You just do. That's just how it works. You know, I just, I feel like the big hostess, right? Of real estate. <laughs> you know, how are you approaching those new buyers, you know, to, you know, and getting them to think about you and, and staying in touch with them and getting them excited uh, if there isn't a property for them to buy immediately? Yeah. And that's, that's really where we are right now in this crazy market. So you really have to be on your game to understand every single piece that comes on every day. Or, you know, Walker and I are fortunate because we're with Sotheby's with such an incredible team. And inherently you will learn about things from your colleagues that haven't even hit the market yet. So we do have an edge, you know, in every office is big offices like that. 
And that's really been fun for us the last six months to really lean into your colleagues and know what's anticipated to come on the market in the next few months, right? So that you can really tee up your buyers to understand, you know, it's not public yet, but this is what's going on. And we haven't seen a market like this. And actually, I don't, I don't, I've never seen it in my career, actually, where there, where the inventory has been so low, but you still have buyers who really, really want to be here. So they got to be really organized with their personal process with regard to money, likes, dislikes, you know, timing. There's so much involved. So would you say, given the market conditions right now, the lack of listings, um, incredible demand that's out there, do you think it's harder to be a broker right now or easier than it has been in the past? I don't think it's ever easy, honestly, Christian, but um, for me, it's really fun because you got to be on your game and I love that kind of pressure. But having said that, you know, you get beat out pretty quickly if you don't have your buyers ready to go. Understanding that if you don't come in at, in at full price, that's really the basic offer is full price just right now in this window of time. And there are exceptions to that, of course. But if they really want it and, and they don't want to lose it, you have to really consider that process and having your loan teed up and having it be as clean as possible your offer so that you shine in the seller's eyes so they know that you're a good you're a good buyer. This episode is brought to you by Obermeyer Wood Investment Council, an independent investment advisory and financial planning firm based in Aspen and Denver with roots dating back to 1982. Obermeyer Wood would like to offer all listeners a complimentary, no-pressure investment portfolio review with one of their team members. Their team of experienced investors, thoughtful financial advisors, and focused problem solvers have helped hundreds of individuals, families, and nonprofits identify and achieve goals using sound advice, careful planning, and clear communication. They are locally based experts, dedicated community members, and proud sponsors of Selling the Mountains. To schedule a review or to learn more about their services, visit obermeyerwood.com. The boom has been profound. Um, 2020 was a record by all accounts uh, in every mountain community, and the demand continues uh, well here into the first half of the year. How is it going for you guys so far? Yeah, no, we are, I mean, we're on par to exceed kind of what we did last year in terms of sales and numbers. So from that angle, you know, really strong. I think the other piece that we're really excited about is, is you know, kind of revamping our brand and, and what my mother has been doing for the past 35 years and looking at all the different channels we're using between the website and the social and the video and the paid media and the email and things like that. We are busy with teeing up new properties and new sellers right now. That is the crux of our work right now. And 
staying on top of buyers who really are excited to get into the market. So Walker is, I mean, we're both running to stay on top of the product. Wouldn't you say, Walk? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think you made a great point. Like more people than ever want to get a comp of their property and understand what it's worth. Um, so making sure they've got all the market info and kind of, you know, what we think we could sell it for and how many days on market and things like that, an average price per square foot. So how long do you think this cycle we're in is going to last? I think that, you know, the, the cat is out of the bag, so to say, in terms of Aspen and, and its reputation. Um, I think historically, I mean, I even remember growing up here, 2008 was definitely a tough year, but it, it was a blip compared to the other areas in, in the, our country, right? So I think Aspen is more of a, a bump in a hole versus a peak in a valley type of a market, you know, so there, the, the properties here will always retain their value. You know, there's not going to be this, these massive changes in terms of price per square foot going forward. Cause we only have so much land. Your point is well taken. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense, right? They're, they're not building more Aspens. They're not building, right. and there's not a lot of developable land. Right. So right. it's, it becomes a, we just saw a house go for $40 million, right? It was the kind of the first time since 2013, since we've seen that, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money for a home. Uh, and there's 10 or so listings that are kind of in that ballpark, you know? So clearly there's a, a ton of demand. And I know that's the upper echelon of the market, but you know, it's kind of trickles down into the reputation and other people wanting to be here. So shifting into kind of clients, um, love to hear a little bit more where, you know, where do you find your guys' clients are predominantly from? Honestly, they're from all over the country. You know, you get a few from, you know, international buyers in your career here and there. But for the most part, a lot of them, Christian, are coming from really warm places, Florida and Texas, and where they want to be here and get out of the heat. That's a big piece of our clientele. Walker, you know, you were, you were in New York City, and you know, a lot of New York ties to Aspen area. Um, you know, and what types of businesses do you see New Yorkers coming here? What do they represent, um, those buyers that are wanting to be here in Aspen? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at kind of the East Coast clientele, it's, it's, it's typically your run-of-the-mill finance hedge fund, um, wealth management type of broker. I think we're seeing heads of agencies, we're seeing kind of the creative folk, and I, I the off seasons are shorter because again, the remote workforce is so strong. So you are seeing people kind of from the Googles, the Apples, uh, you know, privately backed software companies who are able to kind of expand uh, where they live and where they operate. And and so I don't think it's as, as, as standard of a industry as it was before. I think we're really seeing everything under the sun at this point. Looking forward a bit, you've got, you know, you guys have partnered up and you've got, you're revamping your brand. You're going to be launching, doing some new initiatives over the next um, six to 12 months. That's pretty exciting. And you're also forecasting a very strong market over the next several years here. How, how are you going to be forecasting what's going to happen over the next year and, and how, what exciting developments are you going to be having for the marketplace from your brand perspective? Truthfully, I mean, I think we're going going to continue to see kind of record prices per square foot. I mean, it, it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens in terms of, of the remote workforce, right? I think you're looking at uh, all the banking institutions, even a lot of tech companies now that are having their employees come back 
to the office, right, on a full-time basis. So does that, how much does that impact our market? Maybe not so much because, um, you know, those people will still be coming here on their vacations. But I, I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how that unravels in the next six months. And then honestly, just getting out of this COVID thing will be a thousand pound gorilla off of all of our backs. I think there's a light at the end of the yeah, time. Yeah, Amen. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just have to be authentic with what works for you, right? So Walker and I will just, we will do what works for us as a team. And however that shows up, whether it's your podcast, television, video, magazines, you know, honestly, just staying in front of folks so they know that we really do take our business seriously and we are here to help when the time is right for them. What can we expect to see? Anything exciting coming out from you guys uh, as things unroll? I mean, we're both really excited about a fabulous new website and you know how much time those things take. So I think once we get that squared away, he'll be able to breathe a little bit because he's really taken that to heart. If I've learned anything, buyers and sellers want to do their own work first before they even call you, right? They want to do their own research. So that's the fun part. By the time they call us, it's not like they just, you know, they just thought of something. They've done their research. So are you guys building in, you know, some cool functionality into the new site so they can do that homework in advance yeah, of arrival? No, absolutely. That's that technology piece is Walker's baby. So he's excited about that. And what role do you play in the development of the site? I get to bless it. <laughs> <laughs> Does it work when I hit the button? <laughs> Don't make it complicated. Uh, Simplicity is yeah. key with these things. It has to be user-friendly for us. Uh, no, it sounds great for you to have, you know, a partner that has new eyes. I'm sure a lot of listeners, you know, that are contemplating teaming up or have have been part of a team would attest to how powerful it can be to have that person at your side to bounce ideas off and brainstorm and get ideas, you know, and, and ultimately somebody that you can trust. Um, and I think it's clear that you guys trust each other, of course, um, but also finding that balance in that that line of, you know, family and non-work time versus work time. I'm sure that is a, as a tricky balance to um, maintain at times. And I'm, you know, I love hearing the stories about how you guys have made that work as a team. Yeah, no, we're really, really excited. I'm pretty proud of him. And I think that he's very proud of me. So it's really, really sweet. I don't know that he really got how hard I've worked all these years, but now he knows. And that's really, really special. So we just, we're looking forward to taking it, you know, to the next level and having some fun and making some connections with people who want to be in this special place. You know, why, why would you say he's proud of you? What is it that you've achieved that uh, he's really looking up to? I don't know that he really ever, you know, when they're, when you're younger, you don't really know what your parents do day in and day out. I don't think he really, you know, he's busy doing his life. Right. And, and I was always, when I came home, I was, I was off. I didn't, you know, I don't walk around with a big R on my head. I'm a mom. I'm a great wife and great friend. 
And oh, by the way, I sell real estate. So the kids, you know, I just really wanted to have that balance and have it be, you know, that, that they, they know that, you know, this is home. This is not a workplace. So I think it's really cool that as an adult, he understands now all these years, what I've sacrificed, what I've done, you know, how I participated. And, and I think that he thinks that's, I think he thinks that's pretty cool. What's the best way for somebody to get a hold of you guys or to learn more about your real estate practice? I think it to give us a call um, on either of our cell phones uh, or just shoot us an email. And, and, you know, then we're, like I said before, we're putting together a whole new website and a whole new kind of brand launch that will be coming out here in the next six or seven weeks. So we're going to be sure to share that all over the, you know, the email channels and our, our CRM and our, our paid media and social. So we're really excited. But honestly, Christian, the old school girl in me says, just call myself. I pick up my calls unless I'm with a client or on a dirt road somewhere where there's no cell service. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Selling the Mountains. You'll never miss an episode if you subscribe or follow the show. If you liked what you heard, please leave a short review and share it with a friend. For more information about Selling the Mountains, including feedback, suggestions, or sponsorship opportunities, please visit sellingthemountains.com and sign up for our newsletter. You can follow the show on Instagram or Facebook at Selling the Mountains. You can follow the host on Twitter at Christian Knapp or on Instagram at Napstagram. This show was produced in collaboration with Dustin H. James at Podboarder. Selling the Mountains is a production of Moment of Truth, LLC. All rights reserved.